Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. If you're here in person or you're joining us online or maybe you're watching later on demand, thank you so much for giving up an hour of your week to allow us to speak God's word into your heart, into your life. Real quickly before we get into the message this morning, just want to go back to what Kelly mentioned in the video. Uh, if you consider Shepherd's Gate your home, whether you're here in person or online, and you weren't able to listen to the message last week, will you please make sure that you figure out time in the next couple of weeks to go back and to listen to the message? And the reason is because I shared where our church is headed in the future, and so we don't want you to come in on Sunday morning and be surprised, okay? Like, ha-ha, this is what we're doing. You're like, no one told me. Well, here's your opportunity. Make sure you watch the message. And also, if you're in person and you didn't pick up uh, one of these last week, make sure you stop by either one of the connection centers. Grab this. It has all the information in it. If you're watching online, it's on our app as well as our website. So all of these things are, are available digitally as well. Does that sound good? So if you call Shepherd's Gate your home, you're making a promise, a solemn promise. Before God and before me, you're going to listen to last week's sermon. Some of you aren't smiling anymore. <laughs> All right, some of you need to warm up. My name's Tim, if this is your first time here, and maybe uh, you're here maybe the last couple of weeks, maybe you came on Christmas Eve, and you're just scoping us out and seeing, hey, is this the church that, that I want myself or my family to be a part of? And so if there's anything that we can do, any questions that you have, please let us know. I'm always available uh, right after the service through those doors, and I would love to just shake your hand or give you a high five and just thank you for being with us today. Uh, as today, we are starting a brand new teaching series. And so one of the things that we love doing here at, at Shepherd's Gate is a series of messages that really help us dig into God's word to read what it is that, that he has written for us in, in his book, in, in the pages of what he has given us, that actually encourages us and strengthens us in our faith. Uh, but before we get into that, let me just ask you a couple questions, because I know it's cold out. Some of you, you might still be thawing out from, from coming in today. Let's just start with a couple easy questions. How's that sound? All right, here you go. Here's an easy question. You consider yourself a leader or a follower? See, I like that. The leader's like, leader. <laughs> Everyone got it? Some of you, you're very quick to answer. Some of you are like, no, I'm just going to wait and process. I'm actually setting you up, to be honest with you, this morning. I ask this question on purpose because it's true. God has gifted people in, in places of leadership, whether you're the leader of your company or you're the leader in a position in your place of work or in your family, whatever it is, and obviously there's people that are just gifted to be followers. Like they love to be in support roles. This is what we love to say here at Shepherd's Gate. Okay? This is what we'll tell you, is whether you are a leader or a follower, you are an influencer. You are an influencer. And I would dare to say that oftentimes those that think they're followers or those that think they're introverts oftentimes have more influence than people that are placed in leadership positions. I know leaders don't like hearing that. <laughs> but I want you to think about that. Everyone has influence. And the reason I think so often that they have more influence is because they're not put in a, in a position where they're given a title. It's they're influencing on another whole level because they're influencing relationally. 
And so just so you know, one of our goals here at Shepherd's Gate is to help equip you to be an influencer in our church. We actually want you to not just come on Sunday mornings. We wanna figure out how we can have you influence our church and to be an influence in your home, in your place of work, in the schools for those students and kids that are here, as well as in our communities. So the staff here is tasked with that. Well, how do we equip our congregation to do that? And this is how we would tell you. Maybe you've never been in church before. Again, maybe you're exploring what this is all about. It's an easy three-step process to, to allow us to help you be equipped. The first is just to attend church. It's a new year, right? 2021 is gone. 2022 is here. You can let go of the past. You can look toward the future. Commit to being in church every single week or commit to watching online every single week. Make it a non-negotiable in your life and in the life of your family. Second is to actually join a group. And here's the other cool thing here at Shepherd's Gate. You can join a group online. If you're not comfortable coming in, we totally get that. You can be part of all of the things that we offer here online, as well as in person. And I'll be talking a little bit about gathering in the, at the gate in a moment. And honestly, the last way to be equipped is to actually serve. Figure out what it is that you can do to give up your most precious commodity, which isn't your money, did you know that? It's your time. And to serve somebody else and to watch as God breaks down walls in your life and God gives you something that you didn't even think that you were capable of giving away and yet in the end you actually end up more blessed because you gave rather than received from God. Isn't that incredible? So here's what we encourage you to do as we head into a new year. Now, Today, we are gonna do one of our favorite things, at least my favorite thing, and I think it's yours too, is go through a book of the Bible. And so if you're new to church or new to Christianity, one of the things that we are gonna be very intentional to do, as we always have been, is to slow down, is to be very intentional of explaining things. And so if you didn't grow up in the church, you didn't grow up in a, in a home with Christian parents, you didn't get the opportunity to go to Sunday school or Bible class or any of those things, and all of this is new to you, we are targeting this. We are doing this intentionally so that everyone is on the same page as we move forward as a church. Does that make sense? And I can tell you this, there are people in here that may have been in church for 100 years, okay? and they grew up going to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and they were in Bible quiz, and they know everything, and they know more than I do, guess what? They still need to hear the same exact message. Am I correct? Yes. All right, good. So this is what's kind of cool over the last five years is we've actually gone through uh, two Old Testament books. We went through Nehemiah and Daniel. In the New Testament, we've done Mark, Romans, Philippians, and then this just last year, Last fall, we did First Peter. And so this year, starting today, we're going to dig into Joshua, which is the first of the historical books, one of 12 historical books. And then later on this year, we're going to do Second Peter, because we did First Peter last year. Does it make sense to do Second Peter this year? <laughs> That's, that was our rationale. So we're going to tackle these two in 2022, if the Lord wills it. Now, if you want to get the most out of digging into Joshua... You've never read an Old Testament book before and you want to go beyond what it is that we're even doing in our Sunday morning worship services, this is what I would encourage you to do. There is a reading plan and it's available on our app. It's available on our website. If you want us to print it out, go to the Connection Center. They'll print it out for you. And what this allows you to do is to read the passages before you come here on Sunday morning. 
So you're already mulling around, you're already kind of processing what it is that we're gonna talk about on Sunday morning. The second thing that we offer is what we call car ride and couch side questions. So when you leave here and you're in the car on your way home because do you know 100% of the people that attend Shepherd's Gate come here by a car? <laughs> Nobody walks, okay? No one comes by boat, okay? All of you, you got here by car. That you can have these discussions in your car on the car ride home. There are three simple questions. Those of you with kids, there are three simple questions that the kids can answer as well. Those of you that are online, we have couch side questions. So when the live stream ends, you can turn to the people in your living room and you can then discuss those questions in your homes as well. And the last thing that we offer, and it's right on the app, you just click the logo, Courageous, is the Dig Deeper questions. And so those of you that, that, that want to use this as part of your devotional life, you want to use this with your life group, you want to use this in your home, it is a great opportunity to just ask questions about what we have discussed on Sunday morning. Does that make sense? Now I want to pause here for a moment. And I want to speak specifically to the men in the room. Okay? Men. Was that Kurt? Is that worth repeating? Men and Kurt in the room. You earn that. Okay, um, listen to me. You are the spiritual heads of your home, according to the word of God, okay? Now, I know this isn't popular, and this doesn't mean that men rule over women and everything that happens in the home, that, that men, it's, it's the man's way or nothing. No, men and women are equal in the sight of God. But there is a spiritual head of the home, and so if you are a man and you have a spouse, or you're, you're a man and you have a family, this is what I would encourage you to do. We are equipping you. And I get it, some of you are gonna say, I've never prayed with my wife. I've never opened the Bible with my spouse. I don't know how to pray with my kids. I don't know how to read God's word to my kids. And this is why we've designed all of this in this light and in this way. We want to give you the resources to be able to do it. And all you have to do is get out your smartphone Scroll, hit the button, and just begin to engage in spiritual conversations in your home. And I can tell you this, men. There is not a wife or a mother on the planet that will not want you to engage with them on a spiritual level in their home. Amen. Wow, look at that. <laughs> I like that, okay. And listen to me. I am not some kind of hero role model up here, okay? I'm not saying I've got it down in my marriage. She's already laughing. <laughs> my marriage, and this is my wife right here, Lisa, okay? Our two boys are in the kids program right now, Henry and Brady, and it, the, I have not done this according to what I'm telling you to do. In fact, we were doing pretty well in the fall during the first Peter series because we had questions similar to this. And then, as many of you know, I got COVID in October and I went down and I was stuck in the basement fighting that stupid thing, and when I finally emerged, what I ended up doing was the exact opposite of what I should have done. I ended up working harder and working longer because I felt guilty that I got COVID. And so that bled into Thanksgiving, which bled into Christmas, which bled into January, and Lisa said, you know, we haven't done devotions 
with our family in months. And I was like, you're right. And I'm so glad that I'm part of a church that wants to equip people to do this. So I'm using the materials that I'm encouraging you to use. I don't even write the, the materials. I write the sermons. We have another whole team of people that are versed in this stuff that help us write these questions. And so I just want, with all of my being, for all of us to be able, this year in particular, to take that step forward and maybe to do something we've never done before and engage in God's word. Do you think we can do it? Yeah. All right, good. And one more note. One more note for the parents. Some of you might remember this. Whatever it is that we're talking about on Sunday mornings, we are also talking about our kids and our 1045 SG Kids program. And so whenever you see this logo, when it, when it ceases to be this, and this is placed in the corner, that is the key verse that our kids are focused on for the day so that you know what it is that you can hone on with them when you have these conversations. And so again, I'll tell you this. This, this, is, this, is, this is kind of the challenge. To do this once a week. I'm not asking you to do this every morning and every night, but once a week, you figure out a time in your schedule with your spouse, with your family, that you can sit down and engage in God's word. Okay? All right, you guys ready to get going on this? All right. Joshua, we're going to cover chapter 1 and 2 today, and so if you want to grab one of the chair Bibles that are in front of you, if you're in the first row, they're underneath the seat, page 178. Those of you that brought your own Bibles, you want to go ahead and move to Joshua chapter 1. If you're watching online, you can click the Bible tab on the screen and type in Joshua, and it'll take you right to the first chapter. And while you're turning there, let me just give you some background on Joshua. Joshua was actually born into slavery. So he was born at a time when God's people, they're often referred to as the Israelites or the children of Israel, same thing, when they had been taken captive by the Egyptians. And Pharaoh was the ruler of the Egyptians. And so Pharaoh was not a very nice guy. He worked them ruthlessly. And so this is when Joshua was actually born. Well, there's another guy in the Bible. His name's Moses. And he happened to just be living out in the country he was married, he had kids, he had livestock, he had land. He was living what you would call the good life. When all of a sudden God tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey Moses, I want you to go tell Pharaoh that God says you have to let your slaves go. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Who would want to disrupt their whole life and their livelihood to go and to you know, face someone that could literally put you to death? But to make a long story short, he ended up actually obeying God. He goes to Pharaoh, and through a series of events, eventually the children of Israel are freed and are led into a desert. And Moses, literally think about this, walks around a desert for 40 years. 40 years being led by God, being fed by God. Okay, And so you, you have this movement from the first five books of the Bible all the way to Moses, and now we get to this guy named Joshua. So Joshua was born in slavery. He was part of wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. He was also a, a soldier and a scout. 
And so often he would be given special assignments by Moses to go do things. He was with Moses when Moses went on the, on the, on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, the Mount of Sinai. He was there when, when God would visit Moses in the tent. He would actually provide security for Moses. I mean, he was right there with Moses the entire time. He's like his right-hand man. And so what I also want to tell you this morning, because I want you to know what you're headed into these next two months, is that Joshua is messy. And what I mean by this is there are passages in Joshua when sometimes people that are followers of Jesus will say, let's just ignore those passages. I don't really feel comfortable reading those passages. This is the passages that that are sometimes hard to explain because we don't understand why a loving God would allow certain things to take place. And what we are committed to do as a church is to read to it and through it with you. In fact, we're not gonna skirt around it, we're gonna go directly at it and read it and explain why it's in the Bible and why God would allow some of the things that are difficult for us to understand. Does that make sense? All right, so before we get into Joshua, okay, and I know today is a, is a, is a big setup day. It's important that we do this. It's kind of like the first day of college when you get the syllabus, right? We're setting up what we're gonna be doing for the next several weeks is you have to go back to the last book before Joshua, which is Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy is where you find the final moments of Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, God is, God is speaking to Moses and he said, this land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, I will give it to your offspring. So this promise goes well past Moses. It goes all the way back to Abraham. It's 500 years old that they have been clinging to the promise of God. And he said, I have let you see with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So God allowed Moses to see the promised land. I mean, think of all the work that Moses did, but he would not allow him to go into the promised land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. And there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, Moses was 120 years old when he lived. 120 years old. Isn't that incredible? Now, Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. They knew that it makes sense for him to be the next one in line to lead them. They had watched the interaction that he had had with Moses and they knew that, that this was God's appointed man for them. Now, look at what it says as we begin Joshua 1. This is fascinating. After the death of Moses, which, oh, by the way, they mourned for 30 days. They didn't do anything for 30 days, but mourned this great leader that had led them in the wilderness. It says, the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. God is telling Joshua, Moses is dead. But he already knows Moses is dead. He would have been part of Deuteronomy. He would have been part of mourning with everyone else, all the other children of Israel, for the last 30 days. Why does God need to tell Joshua that Moses is dead? Here's what I would say. Because sometimes things happen to us in the physical realm here on earth. And emotionally and mentally, we don't always accept those things. Sometimes it's hard for us to imagine moving on when you have something tragic, when you have something so awful as a death take place. Now, one of our school teachers was here this morning at the 9 a.m. service. 
and she happens to be a school teacher at Oxford High School. And to think that this week, teachers and students and administrators have to take their first step back into that building. The emotions that run through. The difficulty in those moments. Some of you, you're dealing with loss. You have lost a loved one. You are grieving someone that you love and you miss dearly. Some of you, your grief may be in the form of a relationship because a relationship was broken or a marriage covenant was torn apart or maybe something else in your life that has caused you an immense amount of suffering and grief and sadness. And this is God's loving and gentle way of saying, I know. I know the loss that you've experienced. I know how difficult this is. Saying goodbye to yet another loved one or a friend or a relationship. But don't forget my promises. Don't forget that I'm still your God and I still love you and you're still my child and I'm gonna continue to walk alongside you every day of your life here on this, on this earth. Because this is so interesting to me is that Joshua's first act of leadership is he had to lead people through transition. Think about that. And it comes in two different forms. One, he has to lead them in transition from Moses to him. I mean, people were so used to Moses. They were so used to listening to his preaching. They were so used to listening to his teaching. Everybody knew, you got a problem, you go to Moses. Who's got the answer? Moses got the answer. I mean, emotionally, mentally, physically, everybody knew who Moses was and what a great leader he was. And now Joshua's tasked with taking on that role of having people have to, having to listen to him and follow him and follow his directions and believe that God is speaking to him for the best of Israel. And not only that, here they are. They literally have their toes in the Jordan River. They can see the promised land and Joshua is going to have to move these people that have been wandering around a desert for 40 years into the land that God promised and was about to bless them with. So let me ask you this morning, why are transitions so hard for us? Why is it when people bring up, hey, we're going to do something a little different? Or we're going to move something. We're going to change something. It's uncomfortable. What about in your own life, though? Did all of you change your clothes from yesterday to today? No. Did it make you, <laughs> did it make you uncomfortable? Did you change your, have you renovated your bathroom at your house? Even though there was nothing wrong with the bathroom? How about your kitchen? How about paint on the wall? How about changing vehicles? Who doesn't want a new car? Campers, where are my camping friends? They're all excited about the camping show. You're going to upgrade your camper. Boaters, going to upgrade my boat, right? We all like change. This is what one of my mentors told me. He said, it's not that people don't like change, it's that they don't like change that's not explained to them. Isn't that interesting? We, as human beings, like change. We actually like new shiny objects. We actually like moving forward. It's just the intentionality in those of us in places of leadership explaining the changes that need to make 
that, that we need to make and why we need to make them. So look, this is God speaking to Joshua. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Notice who does the work in this, God. Just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Man, imagine hearing this from God. See, I read this and I find such great comfort in these words. Amen. That God knows our address. Did you know that? He knows where you live. He knows the subdivision in the neighborhood. He knows your crossroads. And when God talks about land, he doesn't do it according to what we've come up with with our cities and our townships. He does it according to the things that he's created, landmarks. It would be like God saying, Shepherd's Gate, I'm gonna give you from Lake Michigan to Lake Ontario and from Lake Superior all the way down to Lake Erie. Wouldn't that be cool? And you are gonna be used as a lighthouse to spread the gospel. You're gonna now move into a phase of helping other churches that are on the cusp of dying and are about ready to close their doors. Imagine if God was speaking something like that to us. Imagine if God was giving us some type of instruction like this. Look at what it says next. Just as I was with Mo Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Amen. Man. Just pause there for a moment. Do you believe that God is with us? All that we've been through these last two years, how difficult it's been, the things that people have experienced, is our God still with us, just like he was with Moses? And do we believe that God will never leave us or forsake us no matter how difficult life gets? That's holding on to the promises of our God. And think about this, this was written thousands of years ago. Not last year, not hundreds of years ago, thousands, thousands of years ago, and yet it is still applicable to our lives today. Amen. Look what else he tells them. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. And this is all of the things that God spoke through Moses to the people up to this point. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have a good, good success wherever you go. And who doesn't want to have success in this life, Right? Business owners in here, I'm gonna guess that in 2022, you want your business to do better than it did in 2021. Right? Those of you that, that work at companies, you want your department to do better in 2022 than you did in 2021. Do you not? I know some of you, I can see some of you. Thank you for helping along. Like I know what some of you do for a living, okay? Think of this, he wants everybody to move forward. And, he, and the way that he instructs us to do that is by following his commands. Because here's the thing. 
If we continue to live in sin, and we continue to go our own way, and we know the law, we know what God has told us to do, but we say, you know, that's nice, and I can read this, and it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament, but I'm still going to do it my way, we are preventing God from giving his hand a blessing in whatever it is that we have set out to do. We want success, and he says, play by the rules. Stay in the lane. My way of doing things on this earth far exceeds anything that you could ever come up with on your own. In fact, he goes on to say this, this book of the law, okay, God's, God's rules for life shall not depart from your mouth. So think about that. But you shall meditate on it day and night. This is why we have the reading plan. This is why we have the small group questions. This is why we have the, the car ride couch side questions. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God wants to bless you. God wants 2022, listen to this, to be your best year yet. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless every aspect of your life. He's a loving and gracious and good God. This is probably the, one of the most quoted passages in Joshua. A lot of you, this is going to be familiar to you because this is what he says next to him. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Think of that. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And you know what's so interesting about this passage? This is the number one verse that's picked by our eighth graders here at Shepherd's Gate when they are being confirmed in the faith, the process that we go through. In fact, are there any students this morning that this was your confirmation verse? Go ahead, raise your hand so I can see it. Oh, we got one right here. Why did you pick this verse? You don't know? Anybody else pick this verse? You got someone over here? Why did you pick the verse? Usually, if you ask, because I'll ask when the students pick this verse, it's because they like the idea of being strong and courageous. And as you read this passage, is he talking about a physical strength? What is he talking about? Spiritual strength. Otherwise, he wouldn't follow up with appealing to his emotion. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to think about this. They've been traveling in a desert for 40 years. They don't have horses and chariots. All they have in their little army is what they've been dragging around with them. This has nothing to do with physical strength. This has to do with spiritual strength that God gives us. It's the spiritual strength that then seeps up into our minds and helps us to look at the world from a whole different vantage point. Because as the world continues to go to hell, we can stand in the face of that and go, I know who my God is, I know who I believe in, and I know that he is never going to leave me or forsake me. That's how much I am loved by him. Here's something else. Do any of you, any of you know how old Joshua is 
when God is having this conversation with him at the beginning of this book. Anybody have a crazy idea? 60? Go ahead, you can say it out loud. Those of you in the chat, put it in the chat. 200? Now remember, Moses died at 120. No retirement plan, right? Worked all the way up to the very last second, and boom, he's gone. I want you to think about this. Most theologians don't, we don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us, but most theologians would put his range somewhere between 80 and 90 years old. I want you to let that seep in because I know this church and I know the amount of the boomer generation that we have in this church. (laughs) And you're a proud generation. You have sacrificed, you have worked hard, you have been faithful, and some of you, I know, the mindset is, I have gotten to this age and this stage. I have raised my kids, I've done everything by the rules, I've done what I've planned to do. I want to enjoy my life now. I've got the brochures from Florida, I've got the cruise line ships things all laid out. I have all of these plans. I want to do this and 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 this. And can I tell you this? I want you to do all those things because you have worked hard. You have been faithful. You have been disciplined. What I would challenge you this morning is this, is that your best days of influencing your family and the people around you is not behind you. Your best days of being an influence could possibly be still ahead of you if you're willing to ask God where you can make your biggest contribution. I want you to think about this. If he's between 80 and 90, let's just split it. Let's just call him 85 years old. Okay, He's 85 years old. He is not going to take this land because of his physical strength. His strength comes from everything that he's experienced in his life, the wisdom that this person has to tell people that then go and tell others what they are going to do. I would say we have to awaken some of our people at Shepherd's Gate. See, this last week was difficult in some regards because on Friday as a church, we gathered for a funeral, the first funeral of 2022 for a dear sister in the Lord who is 85 years old, who was part of this church for 33 years, faithful to the Lord. And when Pastor Craig sent me the text message on New Year's Eve and said their, their family has, has decided to put her in hospice, I thought, well, that usually takes several days. And last week on January 2nd, when I saw Pastor Craig, I said, let me know when you're going to see her I would like to go with you to tell her what an incredible woman of God she is and thank you for everything that she's done for the kingdom. And Pastor Craig said, she passed away last night. New Year's Day. (coughs) Faithfulness to the Lord to the end. Again, it's not that you can't have fun, it's not that you can't go on trips, it's not that you can't do whatever. What is it that God wants to do with this last leg of your journey. And so I pray that it awakens something in you. As we go through Joshua, as you see the struggles that he went through, because he went through struggles just as Moses went through struggles, but you also get to see the incredible things because he humbled himself and he was willing to be used by God and he realized the influence and the experience that he had to pour onto others. Amen.
Amen. Now I know some of you are saying we're at verse 10 and you're already five minutes over your clock because some of you figured out where the clock is. How are we going to get to chapter 2? And this is where God has been breaking this type A personality down and saying, you know what, it's okay. Because when we gather, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us on Sunday morning. And if we get through both chapters, great. If we don't, then I'm just going to assume you're all going to read it outside of here and continue to be on this journey. So let me jump to the end, okay? God has called us to be strong and courageous in a world that is turned upside down. And we have the opportunity, like never before, to show the world what it means to stand strong and to be faithful, no matter what the devil or this world throws at us. So final question this morning. As we've opened his word, as we've read through nine verses, What is God stirring in your heart as we head into yet another new year? What do you want to see happen in your life, in your spiritual life? What do you want to see take place in your marriage? What do you want to see happen with your your kids? Do you want to see the word of God become alive in them and for them to know the words of scripture and to know the comfort that they can take because they're in God's word and they're clinging to the promises of God because it's ultimately your decision you'll decide how you'll spend these winter months of Michigan honestly and to me it's one of the best times to do this it's one of the best times to go through it's why I always do an Old Testament book in the winter because it's dark and it's cold (laughs) okay do New Testament books when the weather is nice and cheery okay Old Testament dark and cold Don't waste the winter season because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, I'll tell you that. And we can spend a whole lot of time doing a whole lot of other things. You can fill up your time with so many other activities or you can say, this year, this moment, I commit myself and my family to the Lord. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible congregation. God, made up of so many different people from so many facets of life and so many different stages. God, which I truly believe is the strength of this congregation. Father, I thank you for the leaders in this church that pour into me, that have gone through life circumstances that I have not yet ventured into, but have wisdom and guidance from you. God, I pray that as we seek your will for 2022, that once again you'll pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. That you'll be gracious to us once again, more than we even deserve. God, once again, remind us that you're in charge. You're the one that calls the shots. You're the one that has promises for our lives. And God, I do, I pray for marriages, I pray for families. I pray for our students and our kids' ministry. May 2022 be one of the best years yet for families of Shepherd's Gate. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray all these things in your son's most holy and precious name. Amen.